Hey, welcome to the Ron Johnson Discipleship Podcast. We're thrilled that you uh, decided to tune in and spend some time with us today, and we're going to be connecting some dots between real life and the Lordship of Jesus Christ, especially as it relates to uh, leadership development and the larger issue of integrity. And I guess that it causes me to pause here because uh, this, you know, of course, we we do these podcasts in succession. We just came off three uh, podcasts that we did with Trevor Loudon, which I thought were were really excellent. And uh, in fact, I was just watching the last one uh, this morning as we were uh, getting ready to post it. And and um, it kind of sets the stage, I guess, for, for what we're talking about now, because, you know, in that last episode, he was talking about how do we go forward from here and really creating a sense of urgency um, that we need to, people to stand up and to get involved. Yeah. And I think, you know, you and I talk a lot about in the local church, we're dealing with um, the issue of making disciples, raising up leaders. You know, our, our vision at Living Stones is to to grow people mm-hmm. and then multiply leaders. Right. And and so we we get involved in people's lives, and you know we hear the need. You know even now, you know we we need good people to run for public office. Yeah. We need good people to run for school boards. We need good people to lead. Yeah. And there we get back to the crux of the problem. <laughs> yeah, I, I think sometimes, and maybe you're you're like me, you hear about these massive issue, Marxism invading America, America and yeah. just like secularism and just this whole. You know, Washington, D.C. issue, globalist, global issues. And you're just like, what What can I do? Like, you feel so small in the middle of all this. And and, and I love the, the topic we're talking about today because there's very much actionable steps to be filled. And we want to help you connect the dots is, yeah, yeah. is what we're recognizing as leaders. We uh, is talking to people, talking to other leaders. There's a leadership vacuum in yeah. every arena of life right now. Yeah. So I have been trying to convince people, like, whatever void you're missing in your job, in your business, in your leadership, in the church, at the end of the day, it always comes to people, lack of leadership, right. lack of high-capacity leaders who right. was able to do the and job. And sometimes, you know, in the church, we're all guilty of this at times. You know, you reach a, you feel like you hit a ceiling, or you're like, man, I don't know what else to do, or yeah. what else can we do? And, and then we just say, well, we need revival, or we need... Breakthrough, or, which is true. Yeah, yeah, yeah we always we want revival, right? We, we don't minim, minimize, but right. but my point is, we we feel uh, the last the last person that we want to deal with us personalized. The last yeah. person I want to deal with is me. Yeah. And and you know, <laughs> there's that funny cartoon. You know, we we have found the enemy, and it's me. Right. Uh, kind of kind of idea. Yeah. The, it's always easier to say something outside needs yeah. to happen. When really, many times, something inside needs to happen. Yeah. And even on revival, the, f- the first place for revival to start <laughs> is me. In our own hearts, yeah, right? You know? Absolutely. But I guess that, that it, but that's an important thing because it, what it does is it, it, it um, I, I guess it makes me proactive. You know, if, if everything, if the problem is always outside of us, right. we throw up our hands and we just go, well, I'm a victim and, and something has exactly. to happen yeah. out there. But, but really, this is proactive. This message is what can... What can I do to change, and what can I do to become a better leader? And I, yeah. and I think that's where we want to go for the next six or seven well, weeks. And and I think this this is not just like a self help message. This is a reformation message in my own heart yeah. because I'm seeing practically we got leaders, uh, conservative leaders, leaders who love our countries, are saying, "Hey, we need more help. 
We need yeah. more leaders. We see church leaders, uh, pastors, and, and business owners, kingdom business owners, who are saying, hey, we need more help. I have this vision. Yeah. We have a great infrastructure, but where are the high capacity? Where are the honest people? Where are the, the integrous people yeah. who is going to help us go in these steps? So, so to make these impact that we want to make, we do need to start with people. So this is not just some some theoretical message. This right. is a very practical message. Well, yeah. And you and I, and Living Stones is all about this. We're, we're a church that really is about getting into the weeds with people and helping them grow. And of yeah. course, you've been, you know, doing that with our with our uh, uh, not marketplace. Common, market, market, marketplace marketplace guys. ministry, yeah. meeting with individual business owners, and we have a lot of them at our church. Yeah. And some of them are coming to the realization, <laughs> sometimes painfully, that they're the biggest problem to their business growing. Yeah. And when we're, what we're talking about is generally not that they lack competence uh, because that's the way they do what they do. They're good at what they do. Right. Uh, it's not that they lack collaboration because many of them have to work with other people, other other business partners, yeah. right? So, uh, and but we can all grow in all those areas. But sure. so so they got they got uh, competence, they got collaboration. But the third area that's critical is the character area. And talk about that a little bit. I mean, how how do sometimes we we short circuit, you know, our desire to grow through a lack of character. Well, well yeah, and, flesh out. and just go back real quick, you know, yeah. Dr. Henry Cloud, this book, Integrity, which some yeah. of you guys might have read. Great we, book. We're, we're doing a book uh, uh, endorsement right now yeah. in terms of this book. We're Wonderful doing a deep book. dive into, into a lot of these principles and trying to make it to life because this, these principles have really come to life for me. But, you know, he, he talks about to be successful, to really have a true impact, which is what leadership is. So you want to have a right. great impact in the world, right? Right. You need, first of all, you need competence. You need to be, be good at your job, right. you know? And and this is the area in which a lot of young people wants to have at least great success. I'm just like, but are you really good at, right. at this so job? So if you're, if you're running a restaurant and the food's terrible, yeah. uh, you're not gonna be a business yeah. At the very least, know how to cook, right? <laughs> or find someone who really knows how to cook, right? You need right. to have a level of competency. If you or let's go back to government. You know, sometimes yeah. people say, I'm gonna run for governor. Have you ever held office before? Yeah. Have I mean, you ever you, run anything before? <laughs> you know, and we always encourage people, you might have a passion to yeah. run for office, but let's start at a local level, start at something small, yeah. and then develop competence. Develop competence. Go study. Go 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 dig into it, be really good at it first. Yeah. That's just the beginning, but a lot of people don't even have competence. So competence, and the second step is collaboration, which is be able to work, build alliances. You realize, you're not going to be able to do anything great yeah. if you don't learn how to work with other people. Yeah, you just realize on your own, you're going to always be limited. You Go have back to, to the restaurant. Involved. You know, you got to have someone that's great with people and taking orders. You got to yeah. have someone that makes good food. You got to have someone that right. can run the book. I mean, you're going to have to have a diverse group of, of gifts working in collaboration. Working well, right, and this is, your restaurant's a great example. You can be the best chef in the world and not have a good restaurant. I think we've seen enough like TV, restaurant, health right. shows to realize that you can be great at, at cooking your food for one person, exactly. but then to replicate that, to have a yeah. great service, to have a great so, menu, so if it, 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 market it, it, income. To have yeah. any kind of a massive impact anywhere in our culture, which is what we want, you have to work with You gotta people. know how to work with collaborate people. And then the last part, and, and Dr. Henry Klaus said those are dime in a dozen. So, so you can grow, there are some very smart people, smart people and there are people talented that can build people. a life. Bill Lyons says, and he says, the third thing is you need character. So, so to not mess up one and two. 
Yes. You know, in other words, you're, if you don't have character at some point or another, that you're going to, the whole thing is going to blow up because yeah. it will, uh, it will just, impl you'll implode. You'll implode upon the, actually the high, the greatest success you might have at the moment without character, you will collapse even And, and we quicker. see this all the time. You know, you got the, the hard charging type A successful business guy that's climbing the ladder. Um, but in the process, you know, he, uh, his marriage suffers, his home life suffers, he may, might end up having an affair, he, he then might end up having to hide, try to hide things, and, and before you know it, because of his lack of character, uh, all the competence in those other areas don't right. really matter because his life's blown up. Right. All and, that does it expose, the more ex successful you are in people's eye, the more your cracks are exposed. Yeah. And then that's what happens. So character is critical. Yeah. And, and he, he, he calls it integrity in here. And he, but he really defines integrity different than how we normally think about yeah, integrity. When, I mean, and maybe you can relate to this. When I think of integrity, and and when I first read the book, I kept thinking, well, I've read a book on integrity before. Yeah, that, but, but in my mind, integrity just meant that I can trust you because mm -hmm. Andrew is an honest guy. I'm an honest person. I don't cheat. I don't steal. You're going to pay your taxes. Yep. If man, if you're supposed to show up at eight o'clock, you're going to be there at eight o'clock. You right. know, you you have you have integrity. Right. But right. Cloud just kind of, he he starts there because that yeah. certainly is a baseline. That's the baseline for integrity. Yes. But 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 his his understanding is much more complex. Well, he says he knows many people who are good, and solid people who do the right, try to do the right thing, and try to you know never cheat, steal, tell lies or anything like that, but still do not have a great impact. He's, he's wondering why their leadership the is still it hits a lid yeah and uh and again I, I thought the book was phenomenal because he right. talks about i love the illustration he talks about a boat you know when you look out up behind a boat the motor leaves awake yeah and uh, you see where the waves ripple out and he goes you if you're an expert on the water yeah. you can tell when there's a problem with your engine because of the wake that it leaves and or a problem with the boat itself uh, and he said awake uh has two sides. Number one is the task side. Yeah. Uh, number two is the relational side. Yeah. And so in every, you know, as leaders, we have the job that we do, the 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 mission we're accomplishing or whatever, but then there's the relational side of it as well. In other words, are we are we really good in the way we treat people and the way that, you know, people that, that work with us, that come in contact with us, do we leave a good wake? In other words, we get things done, but we also get things done in a way that causes people to thrive. Well, you asked some good questions here. I thought that he oh, yeah. asked that. That's really good. Yeah, let's pause here. And, <laughs> you want to consider yeah. your, the wake you leave. So, well, I've, right I've said this before, like yeah. in, in marriage. Yeah. The best question we can ask about Christian marriage is, and I, I'll use you as an example, mm -hmm. is Debbie, your lovely wife, mm -hmm. is she a better person as a result of being married to you? Yeah. Is she growing? Is she more like Jesus? Is, is her relationship with you, has it caused her to be more like Jesus mm -hmm. uh, because of her close, intimate contact with you? And yeah. I could ask the same with my wife, Marion, but he, here's, some, here's some questions that, uh, that he asked. Um, in the people side of things, uh, there's, there's going to be results just like the task side. He says, are people more trusting after working with you? Mm. That's a great question. Has their trust level grown up or are they more guarded? Yeah. Um, are they more fulfilled as people? In other words, have they grown yeah. as a result of, of being associated yeah. with us? Um, do they feel better about themselves and working with others? In other words, have they grown to where 
they love themselves more. They have a greater appreciation for themselves. In other words, we help bring out a sense well, of let identity. Me, let me interject because yeah. I want you to go back to those questions. But in a different book called Multiplier, it talks about um, there was a prime minister in England, whatever. And then they said, when you after you meet with this prime minister, I forgot his name, you, you feel like he's the smartest person in the world. Yeah. But then his rival... But they said, when you meet with his rival, you leave feeling like the smartest person in the world. Wow. I thought that's a very good, interesting fact. When, yeah. when people leave your presence, are they so intimidated by you? Do they feel like, wow, I just I was in the presence of someone who was super smart, talented, right, whatever. Right, right. But do, Or do they feel like, hey, you know what? I'm empowered. I'm stronger. I'm smarter. Yeah. You know? So good. And again, obviously, who would you want to work for? The one that you go, oh, that guy's the smartest guy in the world, right. but makes you feel little and right. stupid. Or do you want to work with somebody who actually brings out your potential? Right. So that's good. Excellent example. Yeah. Um, how about this one? Um, did they learn from you and feel lifted up and encouraged? How about this? Is this great? Were they stretched and inspired to become more than they were before they worked with you or for you? Mm -hmm. I love that one because that's that whole idea of growing people. Yeah. And, and this is what we're committed to. And we need to ask our people, you know, when from from being with us, working closely to us. Did the stretching, you know, sometimes you can you can be hard on someone and yeah. really point out their blind spots or their weaknesses right. and they leave feeling deflated. Yeah. Other times you're with someone that that has such a knack, and I think this is a real skill that you have, you know, pointing out, hey, this might be a blind spot or a weakness, but what are we gonna do to grow through that? Right. And what's your what's your plan? How can I help you? Right. Anyone could call out the negative things in people's life. It doesn't take a lot of skill to do right. it, but to do it in a way that you feel like you're on their team. And that's part of what the first attribute, we'll talk about that later, but yeah. that's a skill set yeah. you have to learn, you know? That's not just something that you're just born with. And, and I love this, did your relationship cause them to produce more? Yeah. In other words, we're all doing a job, you know, and that's usually what brings us together, yeah. right? We're being paid to do a job, or or in a non-for-profit situation, we're, we're a, a volunteer tribe of people with the same values who are trying to accomplish, whether it's reaching people for Christ or helping people set free. Yeah. The bottom line is, am I helping you to more effectively do what you do? Yeah, that's and that's true. been a big shift, I think, even for us here at Living Stones, is, you know, our, our, our primary job is not to get the job done. Our primary job as leaders is to help focus on the people that we're responsible yeah. for for serving and growing and helping them mature. Because as they grow and they mature, they're going to be more effective. They're going to be more anointed. They're going to produce better fruit in their lives. And that's a huge difference. Yeah. It sounds like, okay, yeah, they're just more people focused. No, 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 no. This is the paradigm shift. Yeah. Because it's so easy for us to be, it's so easy for me to be task oriented. I got a list of checklists yeah. for me to go lead a small group, for me to go write curriculum, you know, write sermons, all those there's, different there's, things. In a, in a local church, there's more than enough there's more to enough. keep us busy. But, but for me to shift my mindset, said, you know, my, my focus is on people and growing people. And, and, and I, would, I would venture that if you have a kingdom business, you have a kingdom marketplace business, that should be your focus too. Even though, yeah, you got you got to sell furniture, yeah. you got to sell bagels, you got to sell air conditioners. I get all that, but that's that's it. You have to do that. I get it. But can you make your priority about building people? Because I, I'm telling you, as your business continues to grow, your limiting factor is always going to be people, wow. people, people, people. So if as the yeah. as you're the, the CEO or you're the the entrepreneur, you're the leader of your yeah. business. What you're saying is don't just focus on selling more food, uh, servicing more air conditioning units, whatever it is that you do. Really focus on your team primarily and help grow those people. Help invest, care about their lives. Yeah. 
and help them grow as a leader. If they're gonna, if they, if their personal capacity as a leader grows, yeah. their role and whatever they serve in your business is going to go off the charts. They're gonna, they're going to do their job better. They're gonna be more satisfied. Yep. They're going to have a better impact on the people that they interact with, and it's just a win-win for everybody. Well, I, I, I'll, this book talks about. He says he interviewed the wife of a mega, mega CEO, like a Fortune 500 CEO. Right. And the wife said, you know what, in the day. Uh, my husband, he, his frustration has nothing to do with the business. He loved the business. Right. He's very competent. Competent. He's got great collaboration right. skills. But his frustration is always with people. People yeah. issues what drains him the most. And I've been chatting and talking with a lot of different um, business owners and whatever. And in the day, it's the same thing. And, but even the church is the same yeah, thing. Yeah. It's, it's the frustration is not the, the work itself. It's the people. Yeah. And, and and when you start to recognize this, you realize, man, I'm going to... When I go into an organization, my question I first ask is always like, what is the limiting factor? What is the cap on it? Is it customers? Is it is it you're not producing enough whatever units? Is it the market reach? Is it marketing? And and more and more I hear the cap at the end of the day as a company continues to grow. When you're small, it might be not that way. But as you continue to grow, it's always, always people. We need more highly capable leaders who can connect with people, who won't cause friction, who won't cause disruption. It's people, people, people. But Jesus said this. He says, the harvest is plenty, but the workers are few. Therefore, pray for the Lord of harvest yeah. to send more workers. Mm-hmm. As Jesus recognized at the end of the day, the leadership, I mean, the, the, the limiting factor is still leadership. And I think about... Uh uh, what what causes a, a productive production drain in a company? Mm-hmm. Many times it's because the guy's marriage is struggling, or he's got a, a child oh, that's yeah. that's really uh, you know out there. Um, or I think locally in the church, what causes most pastors to just feel so drained and don't want to quit what they're doing? Uh, it's not that they don't love the gospel. Yeah. It's not that they don't love preaching. It's not that they don't love you know people. It's that. Uh, usually it's the, it, you know, it's all the one another's the Bible talks about, right? Why, why do we think the Bible is so full of love one another, uh, be, be at peace with one another, serve one another? Yeah. Because just what you said, at the end of the day, the greatest stressors and the greatest drain on any entity, you know, organization, is uh, people problems. Yeah. Uh, and so we, we, this is huge, and that all goes back to character and really talks about uh, integrity, a right. larger issue of integrity. Developing, focusing on not just what they do, but what's in them. And that, that leadership pipeline will continue developing people with the right integrity versus just saying, well, you got the job done. I don't care how you did it. No, 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 no. How you did it is is probably more important than what you just did. Yeah. You know? And so, I, I love what he says, mm-hmm. the big question. Mm-hmm. You know, when he's looking at, uh, do we hire this person? Mm-hmm. And he'll go back, you know, so if I'm going to hire you, I'll go back to your previous employer. And the question he asks is, uh, would they want to do it again? In other words, if you had a chance, if someone had a chance to hire Ron Johnson all over again, would they enthusiastically say, yes, that guy was amazing? Or would they go, eh, would, they, would there be the uh, hesitation? Yeah. And that hesitation is usually a, a relational hesitation. Yeah. Um, not so much a task uh, hesitation. In other words, they might have been able to do the job, but no one wanted to be around them, yeah. or they were a bulldozer. They plowed over people. Emotionally, or, you don't want to go through yeah, that again. Yeah, they were toxic. They're, yeah. you know, they made me feel stupid or whatever. But right. they might have been, you know, like in sales, somebody could be an incredibly successful yeah. salesperson, but nobody wants to be around them because right. you know they're a jerk when it comes to their personal interaction with people. Yeah, and I think and on the flip side, you also when a person's leaving your company, having that proper exit interview to say, okay. 
Um, I, you might be leaving for whatever reason, but but why are you leaving? And, and, and if we were offered this job and you were telling yourself 10 years ago, will you do this again? Why or why not? Good. So the and shoe that, goes on the other foot too. And that's those are tough questions to ask. But if you really are oriented towards growth, which is what we're going to talk about later, and yep. integrity, then you want to ask those questions. I'm not saying you take everything they say as gospel because there's biases and pains and hurt. I get all of that. But, but, but be willing to listen to the other side and say, okay, here's a blind spot I don't see. Are they willing to interact with me? again go ask my wife hey will you be willing to marry me what he didn't you what you knew today that's a scary question but man what wouldn't that answer tell you a lot about yourself and yeah. about your organization and, and you brought up a really good point you know because uh some of these character faults that we have yeah. are, are really blind spots we, we're not trying to be you know, insensitive. We're not trying to be unrelational yeah. or whatever. Uh, it's a blind spot. And a blind spot is something we all have because we're fallen human beings. You know, we're, we're self-centered by nature. Uh, we need Jesus and the Holy Spirit to transform us. But that's why friendship is so important. And you brought out a point about, you know, about your marriage, about Debbie. At this season of your life, you're realizing, you know what, she is one of, a wife is one of our greatest assets because they know us better than anyone. And yeah. if we're not defensive and insecure, and if we don't have bad character, and if we'll allow people who love us to really speak into our lives, we can see those spots. And then if we embrace that, okay, I need to change here, we can be proactive in growing. Yeah, and in the book, Good to Great, it talks about Churchill and World War II. Yeah. So Churchill recognized that he's a very, and this is when he was like, taking on the Nazis himself. The United States has not get engaged. So he's out there, we're gonna destroy Hitler and Nazi. He's fighting the war all by himself. And he's this charismatic leader. He recognizes I, my charisma could be a downfall for me because of my charisma, my force of personality, no one wants to give me the bad news. So even though on one end he's, he's, he's hopeful, he's optimistic, right, he's right. vision setting, we'll win. On the other hand, he established a commission that he, he established commission in a way that they will give him unfiltered news from the front line because he says he cannot afford to get filtered news. He needs to know the truth. He needs to see every single blind spot or else he cannot win this war. He, he needs to face reality. He needs to face reality. And, that, and that's really, again, some of you, I know you, I tell already, I put that book up, you're like, Pastor, what was that book you showed? Well, here's the title. It's called Integrity, The Courage to Meet the Demands of Reality. It's by Dr. Henry Cloud. Um, we think it's one of the finest books on leadership development um, that there are. Just yeah. an amazing truth. That's why we're going to spend the next six weeks uh, unpackaging the six components that he talks about. And, and he, and I think in short, he defines integrity as this. You know, he, he defines integrity as the the, the ability, uh, the the. Uh, the inf having the infrastructure to be able to meet the demands of reality. He compares it to like, uh, well, the way I think about it is like a spaceship re-entering to Earth, right? You're going to hit all kind of atmospheric pressure and right. heat and all that kind of stuff. So when you design the hull of the space shuttle, you need to design it with enough integrity of the, the, right. so the metal, what you, the, metal how much, the pressure uh, it can handle the heat, so right. that when it goes through re-entry, you will not explode and just disintegrate. And that's what he meant by integrity. So our, so our character is the same way. Yeah. If you're if you're built to lead, for instance, uh, you're going to lead go in government. There's a certain metal that yeah. you need to have. You, need, absolutely. you can't be you can't be thin skinned. You you yep. have to you have to be able to handle you know the pressures of people criticizing you, people yep. maligning you, the, the the pressure to cave in. I mean, so whatever it is that you're leading, there's a certain amount of competence. There's a certain degree of uh, collaboration. collaboration. Yeah. But then the metal, like yeah. like you need to be built to withstand the heat. And and here's the deal: the the higher you ascend, 
the greater the heat. Yep. You know, so when people talk about being a great leader and having a big impact, um, you know, I, I use this for a practical example. So people say, Pastor, I, I really feel the call of pastor. I say, awesome. Um, here's what I would recommend. Begin leading a life group in your yeah, home. Absolutely. Love people. Uh, if you can't love uh, six people in your home well, then you're never going to uh, love 600 people as a pastor well, yeah. or 60 people well. So you 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 have to test your metal, and and the higher up the leadership mountain you ascend in whatever arena, the greater the heat and, right. and the greater stressors are put on you. Um, and so you need that's where character comes in because if you can't handle the heat, you're gonna you're gonna melt, you're gonna blow up. Absolutely, a phrase that we use a lot of time is and, and not in a derisive way or a belittling way, but just we say welcome to ministry. Because inevitably, if you really start to love and care for people, there will be disappointments and hurts and painful moments. Yeah. And when we say walk on the ministry, it's not like, oh, this stinks to be you, you know. Yeah, no, but it's, it's basically saying, let me help you get new perspective. In other this words, is, let's, let's face this reality of yes. ministry yeah. with our eyes wide open. Here's the reality. This is what ministry looks like. Yeah. Let's look through the Bible, through the lens of Jesus and what the pain he went through and say, do you still want to be? Because if you don't realize it, if you have this... You know, color rose color lens perspective towards ministry, you are going to collapse real quickly because that's not yeah. ministry is tough. Yeah. So welcome to ministry is saying, hey, I'm going to help you with reality, and this is what reality looks like. And just to, by reminder, this is a discipleship podcast, which <laughs> means our our basic assumption is you're all called to minister and you're all called to ministry. So it's not like you just ah, I think I'll check out on that uh, after this podcast. It's like, no, we need to grow our capacity. I think yeah. that's the point. Yeah. We need to grow our capacity as leaders to move in these dimensions, six, what he calls six essential qualities to determine the success, your success in business, but in life in general. Yeah. Uh, and maybe it'd be good for us just to, I don't know how we're doing time no, we're good. here. We're good. Uh, but maybe just kind of review those six components because he kind of broadens the... Uh, the definition on what on what yeah, character and, and just even be. begin. I, I'll tell you guys. I, I read. I was telling pastors this. I read that book Integrity about three times about like a year ago or so. I was doing the book study. Something yeah. guys. And I read it three. I thought I really understood digest that. Went through those six characteristics. I'm like, I'm pretty good. And then the last couple months, I've been growing a lot, talking with a lot of people. Yeah. And I went back and read the, read this book, and I realized I didn't really know what I was talking about yeah. in the past. I, I I'm going through each of these, and I realized, wow. In every single of these areas, I am so lacking. But so one end is like kind of discouraging, but on the other end is like really empowering. Yes. Because I realize I have so much room to grow in my leadership. In and every I, I like aspect. this. When you face reality, it either causes you to bury your head in the sand because yeah. <laughs> sometimes the reality around us isn't pretty. You know, if your marriage isn't isn't good, uh, you don't just go, hey, well, my marriage is, is better than that guy's marriage. Yeah. You know, that doesn't help. Uh Face the reality. If it's if things are ugly, then you can do one of two things: bury your head in the sand, or you can be empowered, as Pastor Andrew said. You can be empowered to now realize, hey, I see that here's a reality. How do I change it? What are some action steps that I take so that I can have a better marriage? What are some action steps I can take so that I can generate more sales? Yeah. You know, or have a better relationship with my children, whatever it is. Right. Absolutely. So so it's this is meant not to be a discouraging message. But if you have the victim mindset, you will see this as discouragement. But if you have a victor's mindset, this is so empowering because to, to change, to grow, to be more successful, to have more greater influence in, in our culture, in our government, everything we do is, is not out there. 
Right. Okay, it's within your control if you're willing to die to yourself. If you're yes. willing to humble yourself and yeah. grow. And and growth is one of our core values yeah. at Living Stones for for all of our people. We assume that you have an appetite to grow as yeah. a person, as a disciple, as a leader, as a husband, as a wife, whatever the situation is. So yeah. let me just touch on these uh, six points, and uh, uh, and then in the weeks to come, we're going to take each of these and spend an entire podcast uh, really going deep on yeah. some of these points. Some of these would probably take yeah. a couple, but we won't, but I could. Yeah. So, so the first one, I like this, um, the ability to connect authentically, which is the foundation for trust. So trust, yeah. if you can't connect at the heart level yeah. with the people that you're leading, serving, yeah. there's there's no trust there. And if there's no trust there, that, that there's walls that are up like crazy, and, yeah. and you're going to have a lid over your life. Yeah. So we need to learn how to connect at the heart level yeah. with people. And I think this is, okay, just saying that, oh, yeah, I want to connect with people with a heart problem. To me, this is one of the hardest things, especially if I, you're task-oriented. You're task-oriented, and, and especially, I would say, for, for a lot of men. And for some ladies too, and some men might be really good at this. Right. But in my experience, men are really, and you think, oh, I just connected with this person, and the other person walks away thinking he doesn't care about me. Yeah, they, they, I wasn't even hurt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I so that, that, that's, a, a bit. that's a big one. We're yeah. going to get into that yeah. in our next podcast. Yeah. Uh, number two, the ability to be oriented toward the truth, yeah. which leads to finding and operating in reality. This is that blind spot we're talking about. Ooh. Your willingness to look at blind spot. They're emotional. I'll, I'll, I'll share a quick example for this. You know, I, I operate a rental home, and for those who know me, my last renter was not a good situation. And then the reason when they left, it was a bad week. Yep. And the reason it was really on me because I did not want to go and check. I should go check on the house every once in a while, but I don't. You know why I don't? Because I have some bad experience from previous renter. There was an emotional, painful, painful pocket yep. there that was unresolved. So you and just ignored it. I hoped ignored. Everything was the I best. pretend they're hoping everything bad. And when they moved out, suddenly I realized they had a pet there that they're not supposed to have. There was all these things done that that's not supposed to have. And so and it was a disaster. It was a disaster because I chose. To not look at reality, and it came back to bite me. Right, you know. So and so, look at our lives. You know, that was that was a house. Yeah. But if you think of yourself as a house, what are the areas you choose just to turn your head away from, or the relationships, <laughs> or the collaborative partnerships yeah. that you're not maintaining? Right. Um, and because, <laughs> simply because you're not wanting to face. The because truth. I don't want to face. I, and just now, I thought about ten other realities. My unwillingness to go see a dentist. To check on my teeth, even though I feel pain, because like. I had such bad experience with it, cost me thousands, and thousands of dollars. Again, because I'm unwilling to face reality. So you didn't go for the regular checkup. Regular checkup. And then you had to get oh a crown. Oh my gosh! I don't even want to talk and about that, it. Uh, even now, I'm. Uh. <laughs> but those are the things. Like, okay, teeth. What about your marriage? How about your finance? You're like, I don't want to look at my bank account, and you're like, you have no idea how much debt you're in, in which you need to face reality. Right, right. I don't want to talk to my kids because you know whatever. You know. But, but so. so the point is. That's a character. That's an integrity that's a character issue. Because if you don't face reality, it's a lack of integrity that's going to come back right. and harm you. Absolutely. All right. Number three, the ability to work in a way that gets results and finishes well, yeah. which leads to reaching goals and profits <laughs> and the mission. So yeah. some people are great starters, yeah. lousy finishers. Yep. Uh, and, and that's a character issue. It's an amazing character issue. And they're going to talk about, like, what does it mean to practice, like, 
uh, uh, delay gratification, so not yeah. impulsive, ready aim fire, which is a powerful thing I shared with the young adults the other day because so many young people have great aspirations, but they either do too much or they're not focused. I mean, we'll sure. get to all well, that. How about grit? You know, I mean, you're, you're grit, always going to yeah. run into to obstacles and challenges and things aren't always going to work out the way the, the instructional manual said. Yeah. And at those times, the character says, you know what, I'm, I'm going to keep doing whatever it takes to get the results that I need to get um, to press through. So that's a big one. Number four, the ability to embrace, engage, and deal with the negative, oh, which tough. leads to ending problems, resolving them, or transforming yeah. them. That's, that's kind of what you were just talking about. There's, there's sometimes unpleasant discussions yeah. that need to be had. There's issues that need to be confronted. This, to me, is, is probably one of the hardest for people to really embrace and say, I want to do Because by, by definition, negative is negative, right? Right, right. And we avoid negative things. We right. put them off, we procrastinate. Deal, yeah, but be able to see. I remember I was listening to a podcast with, um, he's one of the founders of the Ritz-Carlton who has like off-the-chart hospitality. And I, I forgot the guy's name. I wish you give him credit. Yeah. But, but he basically says, we see every single negative uh, incident with a customer, yeah. whether they're complaining about whatever, as an opportunity to build loyalty. Wow. Right, someone was upset because their 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 whatever their, their bed sheets were dirty or whatever. Right. Give them a brand new room, upgrade their room, whatever. Give them a great right. dinner meal, whatever. Build loyal to using that just right. to turn that around, you know. Right. So instead of ignoring and just saying, yeah. "Ah, these people are yeah. ungrateful," yeah, right. you know, we don't need customers like this anyway. Right. How do we? How do we? face what they're saying, figure out what, what element yeah. of truth is there, and then turn it into something, turn into something Trans positive. transformative. Absolutely. All right. Number five, the ability to be oriented towards growth, which leads to increase. Now, we've, yeah. we've talked about this yeah. quite a lot, but talk about that as it relates to, you know, a disciple, even here at Living Stones, you know, this whole idea to be oriented towards <laughs> growth. Yeah, and, and the bottom line is human nature doesn't really want to grow. Status quo is stay in the nest, stay be comfortable, comfortable, stay within my own limits, all that. That's, that's inertia, human inertia. But to build into your integrity that you're you're oriented, you have a perspective to improve things, to get better, to yeah. grow yourself. If you're not growing, you're not truly living. I mean, that's that perspective is so uh, we need to cultivate that. We need yeah. to cultivate it's really learned behavior. We have right. to teach people that. Yeah. And, and and you know, growth, like I use the example of going to the gym. You know, if you haven't been in the gym for a while and you go work out some muscles you haven't worked out, <laughs> the next day you don't feel like, yeah, I feel you feel terrible. Yeah. You feel just yeah. the opposite, like yeah. you can hardly get out of bed. Right. But that's actually a sign that you're moving towards a great goal right. and toward health right. and toward feeling better. Right. But you but you got to go through the pain and the embrace of, of the process of growth. Yeah. And that's not something we embrace by nature. All right, lastly here, uh, the ability to be transcendent, which leads to enlargement of the bigger picture and of oneself. Talk about transcendence um, and how that relates to integrity. I, I think this is an issue which probably for us in the church is probably the easiest to connect with. I mean, the, the purpose of what we're doing, I mean, we don't... Yeah, I bigger, guess we're why. Yeah, I mean, I guess we can open a business called Growing People, you know? But but to me, it's like, okay, why are we growing? Yeah. What's the purpose of growing? Right, and, and a lot of the, the, the culture, the the growth, it ends, dead ends with you or yeah. me. Also, you can it's have greater wealth. Yeah. You, can, you can become... Be all that you, you, know, you can be. be, you know? And our process of growth is because this is God's call for us to become more like Jesus. Yeah. We're supposed to become more like Jesus, and, and we have a kingdom mandate. We have a kingdom mandate. We have, and, and, and 
there's a hunger and desire to, to learn and grow more. To, I mean, it's all oriented into God's call for us. Yeah. And I think that gives us the, the, the overall perspective and the drive for our why. You know, I, I shared at Marcus the other day, like your why, knowing your why is so important because without your why, you cannot leave anyone to your mission and you cannot make any, you not, cannot lead people to sacrifice for your mission. And I think about this across the board, you know, uh, let's say that you make uh, product A. At the end of the day, does making that product satisfy you, bring you great contentment mm-hmm. and joy? You know, after you made a million Product A is what, like, I think at McDonald's, okay, we're, in, we're making billions of cheeseburgers, okay? Is that a reason to get out of bed in the morning? You know, probably not. Um, but when, let's say you own McDonald's and you're making cheeseburgers, but you're making cheeseburgers for the glory of God. In yeah. other words, those cheeseburgers are translating into developing people, yeah. helping young people develop marketable skills, yeah. helping them understand who they are, yeah. Um, yeah, using the profits and the influence from uh, your business to leverage kingdom uh, collaboration or extend ministry yeah. or you know, grow people, lead people to Christ, magnify the Lord, uh, reform culture. I mean, the list goes on and on. Or, or even in your marriage, I think of how many people reach the their midlife, they have a midlife crisis because they've realized that you know, uh, if if their marriage has all been about you know vacations, uh, honeymoon, raising kids, whatever, if you don't have a transcendent purpose even in your marriage, at some point, you're like, well, okay, I'm kind of bored with this person, yeah. or they're bored with me, or why are we even married? Or actually, I'm irritated with you. I'm <laughs> right. going to go out and find a, a new, younger model that's right. going to make me happy. Right. You know, the problem is there's no transcendent purpose to your marriage anymore, and that's why you're bored, and that's why you're unsatisfied. Yeah, if your marriage is all about satisfying you for her or for him to yeah. make you feel better, then it's... You're gonna you're gonna lose interest real quick. You cannot build something lasting. Exactly, it won't have integrity. And I think that's yeah. the point. If if you want the 50 year marriage anniversary, yeah, uh, you have to have integrity in your relationship Absolutely. to sustain the ups and downs of, of 50 years with the same person. Absolutely, and only Jesus can do that. And that's the that's the beauty you, of the gospel. You know, why, there's a book called Start with Why that really talks about um, <laughs> if you don't have your why clear yeah. and you don't have your why big enough, yeah. you're just going to have a hard time getting traction. And, yeah. and I'll just speak for us. We have the biggest why in the world. Exactly. The glory of God. Right. You know, because our Savior, the I mandate that from quote heaven. That we, we get into this, you know, uh, redeem the cosmos for the glory yeah. of God. You know, that that's that's about as big as a transcendent yeah. passion in life as one could get. But it does need integrity to connect our huge why, right, to right. flipping a cheeseburger. Right. And sometimes that's the tough part is the clarity and connecting the dots for people. It's like, okay, you have a great why, good for you. I'm there cleaning the toilet. So what, how's that motivating? We, we talk about on-ramps and off-ramps and systems and process, and I think yeah, that's a great point. We have this incredible why, mm-hmm. and we have this person back here with all this vision and wants to get to the why but can't yeah. figure out the steps along the way. And I think we just highlighted six components uh, that help to make sure that you sustain and have the integrity to get to your why yeah. and to maximize your why and that you don't keep hitting the lid. Yeah. And, and that's, I think, our burden in this podcast, yeah. and especially in the series that we've talked about over the next uh, six or seven weeks we get into this stuff, is really what is our why? Our why is to make better disciples. Our why is to hopefully help you become a better leader, a better Christian leader, because right now we're realizing that leadership is the greatest need in every every arena. We have a we have a leadership vacuum in America 
across the board right now. We need better leaders and we need more leaders. Yeah, absolutely. And so uh, we hope this will be very, very helpful to you. Again, as always, I want to encourage you, help us get the word out on this podcast. Uh, like it, share it, give us some comments. Uh, we're always open. You know, we, we have blind spots. We want to make sure we're speaking to what your needs are and really helping you uh, become all that Christ has called you to be. So any final word on this? No, I'm looking forward to the rest of the series. I know, it's going to be fun. So. All right, so until next Thursday, have an amazing week and uh, and live in integrity and be a leader of integrity. And of course, I encourage you to pick up that book. You'll enjoy uh, following through with us as we work our way through the chapter. So until we meet again, have a great week. Bye-bye.